hello everyone. Uh, thank you for checking us out. This is uh, you will find us on Big Blue Die the podcast. And today, um, well, but first I should introduce myself. This is Manny Ortiz, and I'm here with. I'll, I'll pass the baton to my partner in crime. <laughs> Hi, I'm Matthew, and I'm James. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And um, we're gonna talk a little bit about what's happening with the OGL now. You probably have seen a thousand videos already about the yeah, OGL. Yeah, so we took a couple weeks off, and when we came back to see what had happened, the D&D world had blown up. And just as we were figuring that, it seems to have settled down again. Yeah. And very quickly, yes. Well, as I read last week, he made to say, hey, we should talk about the OGL. I'm like, that sounds like a really good idea. And then the day after, it's like, well, everything's fixed now. Okay. <laughs> but well, I think that, I think I think actually this is good timing because we're now like in a in a thick of it. Um it's it's been it's happened and it's wrapped up and now we can just kinda of give our overall feelings about it and talk about other games we can play outside of uh whatever Hasbro and Dean and Wizards of the Coast is putting out right now. Uh and yeah. just to, to briefly summarize, for those of you who for some reason don't know what I'm talking about, um Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast try to change the um, is it original gaming license. Is that what open, OGL says? Open for? gaming license. Open, open, open gaming license. Open gaming license, and which allows other third-party creators to build books around a, a certain editions of D and D, uh, probably all the editions of D and D, and yeah, and then they the technically the fourth edition had a different license, but nobody wanted yeah. to play it anyway, so. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, <laughs> that should be a separate video because I'm very curious to explore that. Like, what happened there exactly? But not to digress. Yeah, so they were um, they wanted to change that. They wanted uh, third party companies to make a, a make a, pay them back. They make a certain amount of money. Um, mm -hmm. you, you will lose kind of your rights to your work. All these other really like um, gross stuff. It's draconian. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. Yeah. So well, the... if I could jump in for just a second, and I'm not defending them at all, but um, I think the reason why everybody's so upset that Hasbro wanted to change the original OG OGL is that the original OGL was really generous and a very unique sort of thing. Because normally a a license to use somebody else's product is really, really restrictive. I mean, if you wanted to do something for Disney, yeah, you would you would have to pay them ridiculous royalties. They would own what you did. They would do all sorts of other stuff. So what Hasbro was trying to do to me seemed to be like bringing the OGL into line with standard uh, property right contracts. Well, for, for one, understood that uh, we all remember the second edition days. And if you were trying <laughs> yeah. to make, do you remember Rolades from back in the days? These third-party uh, supplements that you could use for second edition D&D. But then TSR sued them. And oh, they, TSR was very litigious. Oh, yeah. my God. Yes, they would sue you, know. you for, for rhyming. Yeah. So when, when third edition came out, Wizard of Coast, um, I don't remember the person's name that uh, that designed this, but they they thought the idea of why don't we just make a, a an open gaming license to have You're talking about uh, Ryan Dancy, I think. Yes. That's, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yes, I, I remember the first thing. It was it was really amazing. Yeah. Um, 
And well, I mean, it was about it was about building uh, their community and building the brand. And yeah. on on one side, I think it was smart um, because you, you're talking about you know the the, uh, the uh, bringing things in line with the new OGL to, uh, to with with royalties and blah 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 and all that sort of stuff. Whereas the old OGL completely eschewed all that uh, and said we're giving you. A carte blanche to a certain segment of our published materials and our rules to be able to create your own content uh, and be able to 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 monetize it, which was virtually unheard of, especially Amazing. from from yes. that yes. company. Um, and for my own part, um, because this happened at the time of third edition, um, and and I'm a big fan of third edition, so I cut my teeth as a GM running and learning third edition um and and i was the first person to say that third edition could do anything whether or not that still holds true or not is is not under discussion right now but i i liked it a lot and um when they shifted to fourth i didn't see the need for it i understood their need because it was about making money um but i always looked at the reason that they went so far afield with fourth was because of the ogl mm. because they created they created something that accidentally became competitive to them and after a certain point stopped being beneficial to them other than um reinforcing their brand um mm -hmm. whereas if the original where the if the original OGL had included some sort of not abusive royalty system, we'd still be playing third edition right now to the point where if you really think about it, fifth edition is is a slimming down and reskinning of third edition. Let's let's yeah, be yeah. completely oh, yeah. honest. Yeah. Um, and, and so I mean, if they if if they had originally said, okay, it's like we're, we don't want we don't want you to give us millions of dollars or anything. We don't want to take you know twenty five percent, thirty percent, fifty percent of your profits. Give us a give us five percent kickback from all the money you make selling your stuff, and this stays perpetual for the rest of existence. If that is what they had done originally with the OGL, I think we'd be in a very different um, role playing space right now. Um, yeah. And that's and that's again that's coming from the opinion of a guy who knows nothing of business and and law <laughs> and all that. <laughs> but but essentially there was an explosion with D D twenty and the third edition of of content. It was just there was I mean you could still go back. You can whether or not you want to is another thing. But you mm -hmm. can go back. You want drive through RPG. You can find any setting or any type of setting at least. Um, any any type of genre and play it in d20 it's there somebody has made it somebody's made a derivative of it um and i think i think wizards of the Coast got to a point where they said oh well now we have nothing left to create other than the core books and that that hurt them a little bit and i think some people could say that this, this new ogl attempt was uh, what was a an overreach trying to course correct that uh, what some people could look at as as a as a mistake or a uh, a lack of forethought perhaps yeah. i don't know and, and, and to be and uh, i have to I, I blame hasbro but it's entirely oh, because yeah. <laughs> because they only put out maybe like two um like books a year which like okay so and they don't follow up on on the books they make for example they released a few years ago eberron 
for fifth edition. And it's a great book. It's a really great setting. Um, but they only released one book. And I'm, I, I'm, you know, once you got me interested in the setting, I want more books. And it's the only way I could get books is through third party sources. Um, the uh, the creators of Eberroth for third edition still write books and they've been converting everything to fifth edition. So I've been following their, what they've been doing. It, if if Haswell would have made more books, maybe, and thought about where their line's going, you know, you know, I would see, I could see them making much more profit. So I'm not sure why they're going after. I feel like they're punishing the wrong person for for this. Instead of going after third party content, maybe they should look into restructuring how they print their books. You think it was seen as the path of least resistance? Like, how do we get more money real quick? And and let's let's not dance around the, the obvious uh this this is all kind of uh powered by corporate creed mm -hmm. um well they said that and, yeah they said yeah that. so and, and and the easiest way to, to make money is to not have to put out money and make something it's just to take it from somebody who's already making money yeah sure the, the, yeah. to oversimplify the problem with tsr was that it was run by gamers and not businessmen and the problem with hasbro is it's run by businessmen, not gamers? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I remember thinking, like, have you seen the? Uh, there, there's like this um, Avengers Assemble video um, when the whole OGL thing happened, and, and it's like it labels all the different Avengers as as different uh, content no, creators. Or oh, it's it's a very cool video, and, and I love the analogy. But like like Iron Man fly through, and I think it had like Crit uh, uh, Crab. As is represented by him, and the rules lawyer is Falcon, and, and a whole bunch of other content creators, and and, uh, and and YouTube and Twitter and Twitch people who are involved with fighting against the the, the, this, the, the new OGL. Um, uh, and I sort of came up with kind of an addendum to it myself that I didn't ever create, but just sort of in my mind, where because uh, that's from uh, Avengers Endgame, and then one of the last scenes in Avengers Endgame is Tony Stark dying um and when you think about it in one way of looking at it the person that's dying at the end of all this isn't isn't uh what any of the creators or anything isn't the community is dnd itself separate from watsi separate from from hasbro what has this whole thing done to dnd which regardless of whether you play it i haven't played dnd in years since third um but I think we all love D&D for what it represents and what it what it is and what it can be. Um, and I think that this whole kerfuffle has damaged it for years. Um, and and that's that's really sad. Um, and and I, I don't I don't place any fault on D&D. I love D&D and I always will love D&D and I think everyone should. Um, I, I, I think it's definitely very safe to say you can be angry at Hasbro, and even you can be angry at, at Watsy to a certain extent. Um, but uh, but the the real um, victim at the end of the day of all of this um, is now D and D. It's the one that's taken the biggest hit. You know, I think you might be being a bit pessimistic there. I think um, I think Watsy has really been hurt. I think Hasbro is hurt. I think official D&D has hurt, been hurt. I have been incredibly impressed and encouraged by the way that folk D&D has come together. You know, old school essential 
through all these other ways of playing D D and D Pathfinder, which is like reskin third edition, and or it used to be. I don't want to upset any. Well, I know second edition Pathfinders moved away, so I don't know what's going on there. But all these other forms of D and D. I mean, I think, I think D and D, this this what Hasbro has been trying so hard to do with their one D&D, which is a terribly insulting oh, name. Oh, I hate that name. Like, they try to say, we own it. No, it is it is out there. It exists everywhere. You know, six stats, rolling a D20, fighting a dragon, exploring a dungeon. You can't own that. That is, that is out there and it's everywhere. So it really depends on what you mean by D&D. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I, and I'm talking more the brand of D&D. And, and again, okay. I'm being, I'm being over dramatic, and I'm using the framework of Avengers Endgame as, oh, as sure. I don't believe it. <laughs> I don't believe that D&D is dead as a brand. Um, and I definitely don't believe that D&D is dead as, as a, um, a movement or a, uh, an ethos, I guess. Um, obviously, because so many people sort of rallied behind it and said, no, don't Take this thing that we love and and take it away from us so um alexa yeah i i i excel at being over dramatic but uh but but yeah but at the same time <laughs> but at the same time i think dnd definitely has taken a, a a hit as a brand um because as a brand i think you're absolutely yeah. right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Which, and, and that's unfortunate. i'm not terribly upset about <laughs> Again, I, 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 I have no the idea of it as a branch. <laughs> well, I have no, I have no stake in this. I mean, I've, I've written a few little things for Five E, and 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 I didn't really care that I. Well, and like I like the things that I wrote, but uh, I don't play Five E. Uh, I I don't like it. I it's like honestly, weirdly enough, my complaints about Five E are the reasons that a lot of people really love it. So that's that's neither here nor there. Yeah, um, different video, <laughs> but I but I have I have no I have no horse in that race. I have no reason to care one or the other. But I have a lot of friends and a lot of people that I know who are actively using the OGL to make a living um, and, and and to to to, to, to create art and yes. and and the the events of, of the last several weeks um, started to put that into jeopardy. And that's what made me angry more than anything else. These are people sure. that I care about. These are people who create things that I like. Um, and so, so that's what sort of spurned me on to, 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 to boost and, and, and back anytime I could somebody who, who had something to say on this. So. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. So, um, uh, so at the end of the day, <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, was because of all the fan backlash and the fact that they were finally getting hurt financially, which I think is the real reason why they. Oh really, sure, oh definitely. Yeah. I mean, they they don't care about. Yeah, fans. they, they, they don't, want yeah. their money. Money talks. Money talks. Yeah. So they they finally not only uh, reverse course, but they also allow the uh, uh, SRD five point one to be available at uh, Creative Commons as well. Um, In its entirety, which is. Yeah. Do do you mind explaining that, um, James, about what that means? Well, okay. The, the SRD uh, contains, like, in, in its entirety, contains all of the, uh, not just the rules, but like the creature names, the spell names, and everything that is the identity of your core D and D experience. Um, 
like Melf's acid arrow is in the in the, the SRD. So now Melf's acid arrow is part of uh, com uh, com community commons. Uh, community no. commons, I think. Was creative commons. Creative commons. Jeez, I don't. The SRD is um, the system reference document. Yeah, system reference document, but it's now part of the Creative Commons, which gives it essentially it almost makes the uh, the OGL unnecessary. Um, but I think in tandem, it gives creators an amazing amount of freedom with 5.0 materials and 3.0 materials. I don't believe that 4.0 is included in uh, the OGL uh, 1.0a. I don't believe. Fourth edition gets there. no love. Fourth edition has its own. Fourth edition had the. Uh, uh, yeah, it had something else. Yes, yeah, S there was a different. Yeah, there was a yeah. different licensing agreement just yeah. for fourth edition. And I think that still exists as it is for fourth. Um, and I don't think anyone cares whether that's going to change or not. Just like I know there are a lot of people who like angry fourth edition fans <laughs> in the comments. I have nothing against fourth, other than the fact that, like I said earlier, I found it to be superfluous. It was unnecessary because third was just fine yeah. to me. So, I mechanically, I don't know whether it's good, great, or whatever. I've heard a lot of people who are great defenders of it and loved it. Hey, if you love playing it, fly, fly at her, enjoy. I think that's the I think that's the biggest takeaway from the whole last several weeks. If you love playing something, keep playing. Um, you know, yeah. I, I yeah, I, I I think people who are saying oh burn your D&D books and it's like, no, 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 no. People still love this game and want to play this game. Just don't support Watsi anymore. Don't support Hasbro. Yeah. That's what you need. And, and, and don't don't burn books. Recycle them. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Come on. Give them to me. I don't have enough books here. I have enough books here, but I need more books. Um, but yeah, but having it under the Creative Commons, um, it, 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 I believe the way it works is it be, it, it's under the umbrella of a separate entity that allows it to be freely accessed and used and reproduced by anyone. So, uh, and, that, and again, that's probably a very broad oversimplification of it. But uh, the fact that it's the entirety of of their of their system reference document is. I think that's the thing that surprised the most people because it used yeah, to be something that was a, yeah because... yeah it used to be something a lot more truncated I think that it's like you know here's the rules and the basic concepts and charisma blah 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 um and but n didn't contain names didn't contain setting information that's yeah, changed that, this is all terribly interesting because really it's only the names and the specific settings and the beholders and that sort of stuff that can be copyrighted. You know, the big secret, the open secret was the OGL wasn't strictly necessary because you can't copyright rules. You can copyright the expression of rules, but you can't write copyright the actual rules. So, so the OGL was really kind of, um, I'll make a game. I'll use the OGL, which is kind of a gentleman's agreement between me and Watsi that no one's going to sue anybody. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it also gave creators a a very clear framework um, yeah. with which they were they were they were hoped to 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 work within. So, you know, um, because yeah, Wiz is a coast and D D wanted to maintain their business um without having to worry about uh 
their any, anything that they actually created, whether or not they were able to um, copyright or not, because that that whole game systems as a, uh, a, a uncopyrightable it, it has never fully been tested in exactly. court. That's and and, the, and the big and yeah, and the big issue with Hasbro not pulling that trigger is because if they try to fight that and and see if that works, they potentially lose everything. Yep. So it's you know it's it's like playing chicken with with this corporation and uh, whereas yeah the content creators could gain a lot um, Hasbro and Watsi lose everything uh, if they do this wrong. So if they run up against the wrong person, yeah. they can they can sue little people all day and they won't even have money to get the court. So yeah. So, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 encouraging. But at the same time, I, I think people need to to understand that going forward, this means that the uh, uh, I I don't even want to call it one D and D sixth edition okay. is going to be very different. Um, it is not going to be, or at least increasingly over time, is going to be less and less compatible with fifth, because that's the only way giving away the SRD. And 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 maintaining the uh, uh, the OGL works for them is if they create a walled garden that probably includes their own VTT, where six edition content exists. Let's and hope. Let's, yeah. let's hope for a reskin of fourth edition to sixth edition. <laughs> <laughs> Oddly enough, you might be right. I hadn't even thought of that because they already own all those rules. I mean, just and 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 really, what they're trying to create is a freaking video game, anyway. Hmm. Oh, that's and, true. And, and, that's yeah. true. That's what it sounds wow. like. Well, I mean, like for lack of a better, like uh, the uh, the AI GM and and virtual tabletops, um, all oh. incorporated into one. Yeah, they're they're not making a role playing game anymore. They're making a video game, which hey, you know, great if you can do it. But that's not what a lot of us want to play. Hmm. So, so, I'm. Uh, this is the wrong video. And I'll, I'll, I might bring this up if we, you know, in our Kickstarter video, but I just came across the, a, a game today, which was, it went the other way around. It was a, it was a tabletop game based on the Zelda type games. So the, the pixelated dungeon crawls. <laughs> so you, you play a little pixel, all, all the arts pixelated, of course. And, uh. You know, it has all those crazy rules. Like for some reason, random pots have money in them, <laughs> and and you get hit points back by eating food. <laughs> yeah, I, I think is it that the uh, Legends of Cerulea or something yeah, like that? that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it it, it, it actually that. went to Kickstarter. It went to Kickstarter a few months ago, actually, and finished. But they they, they opened the pledge manager up to take more orders. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, Honestly, in one, I almost used it for one of our uh, our Kickstarter videos, uh, and, and and it just didn't happen for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, that looked really cool. I was looking at that the other day. I was like, oh yeah, I really really like this. This sounds cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe I'll pick it up still. I wonder. I wonder if the if like the map scroll, like if you go so far in one direction. <laughs> <laughs> By the look of it, it looks like. Do you, you remember getting copies of like Nintendo Power or EGM back in the day that had like the map of the entire level and whatever laid out on the page? I, I, I get the feeling that that's sort of the, the visual aesthetic they're going for for their maps mm. and stuff, where it's it's printed off like that. So. Very cool. Yeah, I like that. So, well, so, that's, but that's not what we came to talk about. Today. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. 
So it's it, a good so, aside, though. <laughs> so th there were some good things that came out of this. Um, uh, we have now the Orc license that Pies was working on, with, and, and and they're teaming up with a bunch of uh, other uh, creators, including Chaosium, which I thought was amazing. Um, mm -hmm. So we see a lot of we see a lot of people. Uh, we see companies like Cobalt uh, Press, who used to be mm -hmm. a well, still are, I should say, a third-party D&D 5e uh, yeah. company, uh, but now it looks like they're making their own system. So, um, uh, so I, well, I think that's the funny thing about the Orc is it's not a system, but it's just a license that yes. other systems can em employ. Yeah, sorry, did um, so, I say system? Yeah. I'm in license. I'm sorry. No, um, no, no. You didn't say system, but I think a lot of people get confused. Like initially, I was confused. I was like, oh, they're creating a new system that's going to be. Oh, no, they're not. They're just making language that people can use to apply yeah. systems. Yeah, you know what? I was a little confused. All these different people using the same license for different games? What are you talking about? <laughs> and, um, and I think people are understanding now that uh, Hasbro is a terrible company. You know, and no, I mean they've always they've been they've been having some issues for some time. If you're into Transformers toys, uh, I have some friends that are, are collectors. Uh, if you're into many other things that Hasbro has produced, you'll notice that they've they they've really bungled a lot of different properties. Have you so, seen when they did the clue? <laughs> they, no. they updated it. No, I haven't like seen it. And like made all the characters, all the all the the people in the mansion, uh, they're all young and sexy. <laughs> oh. oh, of course they are. Well, that's, <laughs> well, they they should be. Well, like, and, <laughs> yeah, they should be. Oh, hey, you know, Mrs. Peacock. Oh, yeah. But Danny, you you bring up a good point. Um, and it's like even like sticking with Wizard of the Coast, apparently over the last several years, there have been some real bad decisions made with Magic and the Gathering. Yes. Uh, like them selling like the reprints of, of like the Moxes and the Black Lotus for $1,000 a piece so that they could sell as a premium product that somebody would want to buy. Yeah, but they're, just, they're, they're, they're proxies. You can't even play them yeah. <laughs> in yeah. any tournaments. They're done. They, they, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, so, it's, it's icky. It's icky. Yeah, I yeah. don't know the details, but I do know that uh, Magic players are very upset. Yeah, yeah, they they produce like a zillion sets people. last year, and and like and it's like if you don't have money, you're screwed. And and now they release these really expensive sets, and some of them you can't even use the cards for to play in an actual tournament. It's just it just just really terrible. Yeah, again. And too much, too many businessmen and not enough gamers. Yeah, uh, they're trying to figure out how to make money off of these things, and it irks them that some people just buy a bunch of cards and have fun with those same cards for months and years at a time. They're not yeah. any money, and yeah. and I think that's the same thing that happened with D and D. I mean, I think the suits for said, you know, called in the Watsy people and said, "Wait a minute, you mean that people can buy this one book?" And then just play with this one book for for ten years and not, not give us any more money. That's no good. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're they're looking at the the video game uh, industry as as their inspiration. Unfortunately, they brought in video game uh, developers to help kind yeah. of move D and D forward. Yeah. You know, and so the first word that comes into everybody's mouth is microtransactions. Yeah. Yeah, microtransactions. Uh, precious, <laughs> <my> precious. <laughs> you know what? One thing that that irked me is that. Neither the head of Wizard of the Coast, um, I don't remember her name, or um, uh, the president of uh, Hasbro, which I can't say his last name, Chris, just because I feel like we're going to get demonetized. Uh, if you know, you know. 
um, but uh, but um, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm upset that none of them have officially apologized. They have the creators or people working for DD Beyond apologize, and I I feel that's 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 poor. You, you, it's your you're in charge. You messed this up. And that's why that's why I I don't trust them now because I don't know how they really feel. I don't know where their alliances are. You know. Oh, Cynthia Williams is the president of Wizards of the Coast right now. Yes. Yeah. So let's say that you are upset at Hasbro and you don't want to give them any money. So you want to break, take a break and play something else. So what else can you play if you don't want to play an OGL game or official d &D? What do you guys want to play? Yeah, <laughs> I know I've got a, I've got a, you like well, my I've got, I've got a, well, this, the segue is good. I mean, and I've got a whole list, like, I mean, like any self-respecting GM or, or RPG enthusiast, you've got dozens of books on your shelves that you haven't paid yet. Um, and now is the time to like, look into some of that stuff. And it's like, what, what are the games I, I think is interesting that, that we want to try out? You know, maybe to get away from this whole OGL kind of uh, headache that, that's that's sort of jumped out there. As opposed to, yeah, there are always the games. Oh, I, I love. We all love Call of Cthulhu. That's that's kind of a, a, a no-brainer. Yeah, I mean, if you want to try <laughs> something different, go try Call of Cthulhu. That's different. Yeah, and awesome. Um, but but I think I think if we sort of put ourselves in the shoes of of the audience that is now sort of branching out and saying, I want to explore something different and I have no idea what it is, but I've had for reputation. How would, how would we do that? And so I, I've sort of taken a stack of, uh, of books and stuff of, of things that I've not, uh, I've not tried that some I haven't even cracked open yet that I just know by, uh, by reputation that I really want to look into. And that's sort of uh, my thought of, of a way to look at it. Okay, well, start us off. What do you got? Um, let me see. What do I want to do pile. first? Okay. Um, I'll go in the middle of the pile. Thank okay. you very much. Um, okay. <laughs> Your now, pile, whatever you like. Um, now, if you guys are in high school. Do you remember ever going to, like, the library and you're finding the old, like, the Tintin books um, and, and all of the French comic books that, that were created, or European comic books? Um, yep. there, there was, like, Spirou and stuff like that. Um, there, there was a game released through Modifius called uh, the Troubleshooters. That is essentially kind of very, very uh, uh, actiony, spy, uh, heisty kind of feel game, um, uh, and action adventure role playing game, and it takes that that definite art style of, of, of uh, that, that that French comic book. Um, art style. You can see the, the pages there, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, those characters and stuff. It has that feel and that, that visual flair. Um, and, and, and like, I'm a big fan of, of action kind of, uh, uh, of games, uh, and, uh, and adventure kind of games that aren't necessarily fantasy as well. Uh, and I, and, and so it was something that sort of really spoke to me. Um, and I mean, it doesn't hurt that, um, uh, my father was born in France, and I grew up speaking French. Um, so a lot of these things were very present around me. Um, but as I grew up, I found out that more and more people knew about them because of their English translations and stuff. It wasn't. It wasn't. I wasn't in a bubble, and it was very cool. Um, <laughs> so this 
yeah, so this is something that uh, that that is is really high on my list to try out and have some fun with. Uh, the troubleshooters from Modiphius. Uh, if you want to try something actually fun, uh, adventure, this might be something to look into. So I got a question. There, it's Modiphius. So is that uh, yeah. is that two D twenty system or is that a new a different system? I think it's its own system. I think Modiphius just publishes the book. The uh, the company that uh, released it is. Do, 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 do. Um, Helgrast. Helgrast. An arcane. Held Helmgast um, <laughs> is the company, and Arcane Asylum. Um, so. Uh, but again, Modiphius uh, published the book. Okay. So, okay. Uh, so that so they didn't they didn't create it. It is not, it is not a two D twenty system. Okay. Um, I believe it is its own system, so, okay. um, which is just fine. So yeah, very cool. I'm 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 intrigued by that one. Uh, I, I'm very excited by it actually. So. so one game that I have actually in two different editions, and I've always wanted to play this and I've never gotten a chance is low life so this game is uh it's one of those games that's based on the art style you know it's like like the arts came first and then somebody wrote a game about it and let's see if i can well it's a podcast anyway it's crazy art <laughs> <laughs> but uh so the the uh it's a humorous game uh it's the idea is that it's it's post-apocalyptic but not one one apocalypse it's post every apocalypse the earth has been completely beaten up uh, you know the war alien invasions you know the dead rise and all this sort of stuff happened um ages and ages ago and now the earth is just a big smelly mud pile and all the all the mammals have died and uh it's the rise of the lowly so now cockroaches and worms and dung beetles have have all evolved and you you play as a cockroach or or a worm or a mutated twinkie because we all know twinkies will survive the apocalypse <laughs> well of course yes but you're a giant twinkie warrior <laughs> <laughs> Or you're you're an UFO, which is a stranded alien, <laughs> a UFO. You're an UFO, and you got stranded here. Or you're a uh, I forgot exactly what they're called, but you're an orc who came in from another dimension and got stuck here. Or you're a or you're you're an ugly type of mushroom. Or you're a smelf. They don't have elves. They have smelts. With the guy with oh, of course they do. <laughs> and it, it, is, it is just. Um, like nine-year-old scatological humor. <laughs> it sounds absolutely ridiculous. It is. It is absolutely totally ridiculous, and it is hilarious if you you know don't mind the little potty humor. Hmm. And uh, it uses the Savage World system, so if you're familiar with that, uh, so it's pretty fast and fun, and it's 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 gross and silly and. <laughs> <laughs> I have got to check the low life you said low life yes I have yeah. got to look that up I've got to look yeah. that sounds right up my alley yeah that, 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 it's... <laughs> strangely enough I've never <laughs> <anybody to play> <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I, 
Oh, okay. If I was closer, I'd play that with you in a heartbeat. <laughs> well, maybe we'll try that. Uh, we'll try to get some sort of, you know, Zoom game going. But yes. So. I think we can manage that. Yes, right on. How about you, Manny? Well, if let's say I'm going to stick to medieval fantasy because um, there's a, a lot of other games I, I like to play and try out. But if I was, if not, if I didn't want to play D and D, but I want to play something like D and D, but high magic, definitely old school essentials. Nothing beats that. Uh, but but if I want to do like low magic fantasy, the One Ring uh, by a Free League, uh, the, uh, the Second Edition, that's this is very different from 5e so if it feels it's like its own thing um and um and it, and I, I find lord of the rings you know before i i thought playing it will be i will have some trouble um enjoy because there's not a lot of variety of monsters in lord of the rings uh but there's enough if you're into political uh, intrigue um and of course there's no <laughs> there's no healing spells you know there's you know, so it it could be it could be pretty brutal. So that's why I, I enjoy that that system. Um, if I want to play something really fast and crazy and brutal, Morkborg. That's just oh very, my goodness, yes. You know, Morkborg should be on my list. It's definitely one I want to check out, um, but I don't own the book yet. Uh, I have somebody who's going to send me a copy, but uh, yeah, that's that's one I definitely want to check out too. You know, but definitely old school searches. If I want to play something close to D and D, closest I can without it being D and D. I have to if I have yeah. to get if I have that itch I need to scratch. Does the One Ring Second Edition use um, free leagues in-house um, year? No, no year not the meeting year zero. No, it doesn't use the meeting oh, year okay. zero. It has its own um, uses a D12s and D6s, I believe. Okay. Um, okay. And I don't. I forgot the name. If it, had, if it has a specific rule name, but uh, no, 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 it's not the same. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, no, I've heard nothing but good things about it. And the fact that, well, and just like any other free league product, it's an absolutely beautiful book. So. Yeah, yeah. The, the starter set, it's really good if you have, like, younger kids, because the, the adventure is very light, in my opinion. I think Matt and I talked about that before, about how the, the yeah. adventure, the starter set. But if you but there, if you pick up, what was it, the Ruins of, of the Lost Realm, I think it's called, uh, that's a much more mature, mature in the sense of, uh, like, uh, much more heavy with political intrigue, yeah, you know, yeah. you know, and um, and some interesting adventures, but uh, but yeah, 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 I think you will like it. Well, I'll stay in that kind of uh, kind of genre myself for that, and and also free league product, um, in in sticking with uh, uh, the the sword and sorcery kind of fantasy kind of uh, games and uh, Samarum from Free League, which is kind of a very dark fantasy kind of uh, concept uh, and, and it, for the most part takes place in in a, in a region as opposed to a world uh, like a dark forest filled with monsters uh, and the uh, and the politics around that particular area um, and it does use a variation on three leagues uh, um, three <laughs> leagues um, uh, year zero um, engine I believe um, and, and again, like uh, as as free leagues products are, meant, are, are, are are like to be, it's beautiful, beautiful book, um, which is you know I could just I could just sit here and, and look at it for hours because it's just it's lovingly painted and uh, and laid out with with all of their uh, lovely stylings. Um, and again, it's uh, it's it's darker 
other than than your standard D and D hero games, a little grittier, maybe a little bit more deadlier, uh, but definitely scratches that uh, that fantasy itch that that, that people might are be, be looking for outside of D and D and wizards right now. So next on my list, I have um, Robin Law's The Dying Earth. Now, this um, this is not to be confused with the Dungeon Crawl Classics Dying Earth, which is coming out. Well, actually, I don't know when you plebs are going to get it. I backed it on Kickstarter. <laughs> but, <laughs> but this was out first. <clears throat> this is... Is it the uh, same source material for it? Sorry? Do they use the same source material? Or uh, yeah, is it the just Dying completely Earth. different? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's, Jack Vance's okay. Dying Earth books. They use the exact okay. same source material. So, okay. Um, so if you know the Dying Earth books, uh, this role-playing game is amazingly faithful. Um, it is a really unique fantasy setting. Uh, well, it was at the time. Now it's become kind of a subgenre of its own. Mm. <laughs> so the idea is, uh, in the very far future, uh, the Earth, you know, the Earth is dying. The sun uh, is going out. It's 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 faint and red, and is often described as wobbling in the sky, and struggling over the horizon. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, civilization has. We, we uh, reverted, pretty much collapsed. So now there are just there are just kind of cities and towns. There are no real countries left, um, and everybody has this sort of sense of weariness uh, and decadence. So the the characters um, are are your, your your character is really kind of a scoundrel out for his, his himself um and very interested in luxuries um if you get into a fight something's gone wrong so you you know these characters don't want to get hurt uh they prefer to somehow kind of kind of sneak their way into an angle so it's, it's a lot of it's a lot of wit and a lot of uh, you know out cunning you know outthinking people um and it's it's a, a really different sort of experience lots of adventures still lots of crazy magic lots of crazy science um but not really as much combat as you would be used yeah to. um and so there are three levels of characters that you can play uh based on characters in the book so there's you're just kind of your basic scoundrel uh there's a uh there there's a just a high level character who has a little bit of magic who's learned the few tricks and then there are uh archmages who have uh world spanning magic and go on adventures through the multiverse mm -hmm. and you can you, you you basically choose which one you want to play at because they're so far apart you can't move between one and the other, <laughs> and it's it's a uh, it's a really really atmospheric game. Um, so yeah, if you should definitely check out the Dying Earth novels, and if you like them, you should check out this game because mm. it is really. Interesting. Interesting. 
Uh, I've never, <laughs> I've never found the right people group of people to play it with, but uh, I've read it and I love it, and uh, I love the Dying Earth, and uh, it's really great stuff. <laughs> and yeah. added bonus, you find some things that you recognize from D and D, but they got them from Jack Vance, so <laughs> <laughs> there's no copyright there. He did it first, so <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, they got that from D and D. No, the other way. No, 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 no. <laughs> so yes, so uh, the Jack, the um, Dying Earth role-playing game by Robert Law. Okay. Um, if, if I was doing a futuristic setting, and I, um, I would do either Cyberpunk Red. You know, okay. if I wanted to do something very, nice. you know, very. Well, I don't want to call it crunchy. I hate that term sometimes because I, I think people don't know what that means or what they have their their own perspective of what too much rules are. I think hmm. it's fine if if you it's just like any game. You just if you know the rules and there are a lot. But once you get cool. to know and play enough, it's it's fine. Um and um there was another oh, Star Trek, uh, by Modifius. Um oh, the Modifius yeah. Star Trek, yes. Yeah. So if I want something like pretty violent and crazy, um, Cyberpunk Red, but if there have been times where I just want to play something much more like um, uh, problem solving or working together through, you know, and just interesting stuff, um, th then Star Trek, I think the Modifius 2D, 2D20 system works really well yeah. for the Star Trek setting. Yeah, yeah you know, it, it's funny. Um, I, I read the books and, you know, we reviewed them and everything. Um, and I was intrigued by the 2D20 system, but. I didn't quite, it didn't quite click reading it. I, I wasn't quite sure how it would work. Um, but at a convention, I had a chance not to play Star Trek, but I played their Conan game, which used the 220, yeah. the 2D20 system. So I got to see how the system worked. And it worked really well. If, if the game master really understands it, then the game really flows very, very well with the the build up and momentum. The characters work together. Mm -hmm. It was great fun to play. I really enjoyed it. I still, I still don't know if I'd want to run it actually, which is unique. But well, I definitely loved playing it. So well, I really like to play it. I have some interesting news for you. I don't know if you heard this. This happened during uh, this between actually in the last month or so. Um, Modifius lost a license to the Conan. Uh, to make oh. the Con they're not making any more Conan books, and they're not printing anymore. Oh my uh, goodness! Not not a fault of their own. There, there. There's, there's someone new that has the major license. I think it's Titan Books. I think, and they're just like they just they took it out of Marvel Comics. Marvel Comics was doing new Conan books. They yeah, stopped they that. Were. They stopped hmm. that. They stopped Modifius. They trying to pretty much what the way I'm interpreting it is that they take everything back so that they could put it out there again and get a a better fee. With the licenses they've been giving out okay you know so oh. that's a shame but yeah if it, it, um i wish i would have joined that game because i would like to see it i i've been i've been i have tried star trek a few times but i'm not sure you know it's good to be I, something i feel like i want to play more than than to gm it just so yeah. i make sure i have a good understanding of the rules especially when it comes to dread that's the one thing i want to yeah. be sure i'm doing right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, I, I've only got one 2D20 book in my collection. I think it's the uh, the, the Mute Chronicles when they went on sale because there was another license oh, yeah. that uh, Modifius yeah. let slide. So, mm. sorry, I interrupted you there. Oh no, I just wanted to say that you know this is 
obvious and everybody knows this, but somehow, somehow we kind of for it seems like we sometimes forget that when a company stops a license, loses a license, and stops producing a book, no one's going to come and come and take your old books the, off the shelf. <laughs> so you guys, we we can still play games that were published decades ago that don't exist anymore. Yeah, that, that's true. Yeah. Oh. Well, I remember I remember hearing about the Conan stuff license uh, about to, uh, to to dissolve, um, and I'm just waiting for Modifius to uh, to put all the books on sale, a deep discount if that happens, uh, and then I'll pick up okay. a bunch all and, right. and give it a try. <laughs> Might be your time to you know seize the gold. Oh, I've only got so much money. Uh, <laughs> the two that I have left are either obscure. So I don't know if they're going to be able to, viewers are going to be able to find it or, and obscure and really expensive. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Well, is, is it stuff that can be found on DriveThruRPG? Actually, I don't know. I don't know if it can be found on DriveThruRPG. Because uh, I'd like people to be able to, uh, to, to try some of this stuff too. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's like maybe even just like short lists of stuff. I mean, like uh, without going into too much detail, things that people can check out depending on their their tastes and stuff. Nope, it, it, this one isn't. Uh, yeah. Let's see about the the other one. So I have a copy of. Do you guys know uh, Noblesse? It's familiar. Yeah, since I lost my Ghostbusters in the flood. Uh, Noblesse is probably my most expensive game. It's 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 a it's a work of art. It's crazy. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah, a buddy of mine got it for like fifty bucks a few weeks ago, actually. So, yeah, and it is on it is on uh, on Drive Through RPG. Is it? So. Okay, I just couldn't find yeah. me. I wasn't spelling it right. <laughs> but so so actually, the the one I wanted to mention. So Noblesse would be fun, but. That would be hard to, it looks like it would be hard to run and hard to find the right people for. I think I have a much better chance of playing this one. Diana Warrior Princess. Mm, okay. Okay. Okay, so, <laughs> so the premise for this game is fantastic. You guys are familiar with uh, Hercules and Xena, the shows? Yes. <laughs> okay, so this is a game uh, that... Tr that um, as a setting, treats the contemporary world with all the historical realism that Xena treats the Greek world. So, well, so Xena is is supposedly in the ancient Greek world, but if you know anything mm -hmm. about history, they get everything wrong. Oh yeah, right. So, this game gets everything wrong. So this is. Diana Warrior Princess is Princess Diana, but now she's a warrior who goes around fighting evil. And oh, wow. uh, Margaret Thatcher is a uh, <laughs> is an evil sorceress. Uh, and the queen and she, she's fighting against Queen Victoria, who is married to Prince Albert Einstein. Oh, of course. So it's it's like it's misinformation. The the RPG fantasy game. Exactly. So, and, and America is ruled by Emperor Norton. <laughs> so, so it's 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 really, really funny. It just conflates everything. So at the beginning of the book, they tell you how to make an episode. Basically, they tell you the errors 
that happen in in Xena. So, so and and you can use them for the setting. So, one thing that people get wrong is telescoping. So this is when the distant past is kind of contracted. So characters that are that were hundreds of years apart are in the same story. So you make Queen Elizabeth and Victoria contemporaries. Yeah. Uh, and then and then transcription errors, right? Where you just read things wrong, <laughs> right? Um, so and and then conflation, right? Where you you have two characters that get mixed up. So Prince Albert Einstein is yeah a mixture of Al Prince Albert and Albert Einstein. So. <laughs> and, and then you have uh, 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 myth making, which which is a lazy historian's way of of, of avoiding I don't know. So like yeah, so the character has the game has beef eaters. Like, why are beef eaters called that? We're not really sure, but this game just makes up a reason. They eat of time to get superpowers from it. Exactly. So, so it's a crazy game where you're allowed to just mix everything together. Like, like uh, you know, one of the bad guys is big tobacco, right? It's a secret society <laughs> <He trains laughs> the world. You know, so all the bad guys wear Nazi uniforms. You know, whatever, no matter the time period. So everything's just all mixed up together, and I think it's, it's hilarious to, to make that a could be a lot of historical mishmash yeah. out of contemporary history. Oh, I, I love leaning into comedy in 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 a lot of my role playing games. Uh, like as you guys know, I'm also a big fan of paranoia, and that's just it's it's just the best way to play it is to lean into the comedy. Oh, it yeah. sounds like this has a very similar oh, feel in that you know yeah. You know, if, if you don't know something, just make it up as you go along. Oh, yeah. No, you're not. Yeah. Get it as wrong as possible. <laughs> so, yeah, Diana, Warrior Princess. Yeah, which I get that. Available on uh, Drive Through RPG. Yeah. Very cool. Do you have anything, James? Um, I, I'll just do a quick kind of uh, uh, lightning round of stuff uh, that I've got here. Um, oh, lightning round. All right. <laughs> Blades in the Dark, uh, basically in, in a kind of like a, a magic light fantasy-ish kind of setting. You play thieves and you go on heists. Um, uh, the, the main conceit is that things sort of work in a reverse order in that when you, when you encounter a problem during your heist, you flash back to when you're planning and that's how you say, this is how we get around this problem that we knew was going to happen. Very cool mechanic. Um, Again, okay, I yeah. definitely wanted to try for a long time. So, now, now, that um, has a science fiction version too, right? Scoundrels or something? Uh, yes. Um, yeah. Scum and Villainy. Yeah, there and you go. Scum and Villainy. Yeah. And it also has a, a more fantasy-ish kind of uh, probably more Game of Thronesy feel around called uh, Band of Blades that, okay. uh, that, cool. that use the same rules. Um, Viking Death Squad. <laughs> Basically inspired by a Black Sabbath song Oh God! Um, you play a spacefaring Viking death squad. I don't think I need to say much say? more than that. <laughs> no, that's about it. Um, uh, the Mutant Epoch. Uh, this is written by William McCallson, who actually is a local to me. Uh, he lives in Kamloops here in, in beautiful British Columbia, Canada. Um, and 
I almost didn't want to bring it up because you, you're like everything you're bringing up was like post-apocalyptic or apocalyptic kind of fiction and stuff like that. I'm like, but but this is he's, he's worked so long and just got so much material um, at, and, and it's reasonably priced too. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it on Outland Arts online. Um, again, post-apocalyptic mutants and stuff. Uh, if you're a fan of like MCC, uh, that's the kind of kind of visual aesthetic you're going with uh, oddly enough william colson is an artist for goodman games and he does stuff oh. for dcc and mcc nice. so um but he does produce this on his own consistently over the last 10 15 years um so definitely one to look at gets a lot of respect uh, and uh and i think i think i'm good with with that that's that, that's that's more than enough to, to to get people interested in trying something different many any more you want to mention oh. One well, one last thing, uh, DCC. We I, you know we kept mentioning that, and we're like, oh wait, we should go to big games. DC, uh, Dungeon Crawl Classic. That's a uh, mm -hmm. before we played Old School Essentials. Uh, that was my favorite, and it still is in, in my heart in a way because I love the crazy randomness about it. You know, it, it could. It's it's also brutal, but in a very different comical way. And, and you know, you mm -hmm. know, if a magic spell goes off the rails, it <laughs> that could be the end of the game. But it's at oh, least yeah, well, yeah. But, definitely. Well, I ran my first funnel just before november i think last october yeah. uh, i ran uh, my first dcc funnel and it was it was a blast it was a hoot uh and, and it's the kind of thing that you, when you when you read the rules and read the setup of what a funnel is you know it's going to be fun yeah. uh and uh, i was uh we had a lot of fun with it and just i had a good group of players who were very imaginative and and all have been gaming for a long time. So they knew all the tropes and knew how to do everything. And there's just this like thing else like, well, we stole this chain from all these people who are chained together and we're pretending to use it to chain us. Can we use it to like trip a bunch of people into this volcano thing? I'm like, uh, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just, uh, it was, it was, it was a brilliant, brilliant food and fun. And yeah, good, good on you for bringing up DCC. DCC, hey. For everybody who's getting kind of tired of and burned out from standard role-playing fantasy, DCC is that breath of fresh air that that sort of made me interested in playing and running fantasy again. Because ever since the 90s, I hadn't run any fantasy. It was just like, it was, I, I played too much fantasy. It was so samey. There was just nothing special about it anymore. And then I discovered DCC and I'm like, yes, I need I need to try this. This this is this is rejuvenating my my belief in what fantasy can be so yeah yeah no that, it's great because um <clears throat> um D, D by its success created this kind of bottleneck where people fantasy games drew their inspiration then from D, &D <laughs> whereas D, D drew its inspiration from Books and movies and 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 uh, comics and things in what Gary called the Appendix N. So yeah. um, so what these what Dungeon Crawl Classics does is skip D and D and draw its inspiration from Appendix N. So it just kind of jumps back over yeah. D and D and goes right back to the the, the true yeah. source material. Well, I think, yeah, that, I think that brings up a good point that sort of kind of brings us full circle into this whole OGL thing as well, in, in that I, I think it's important to remember that D&D &D is 
for the most part, the precursor of everything that we play, all of these games. There's D&D's DNA is in every single one of these games we talked about. Oh, sure. Uh, in, in that it was, it, was, it was the first to come along and sort of set the standard and say, this is how we're going to play a role-playing game um, and, and sort of set, set it apart from the, the tactical wargaming that, that it was sort of born from. Um, and, and I think, uh, again, that's, that's why there's that love for D&D from everyone in the industry. Uh, for what it is and what it represents. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. It's 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 in our DNA. It's it's our lingua franca. It's our mm -hmm. it's our classic rock. I mean, you know, regardless of whatever, regardless of what kind of rock and roll you listen to, mm -hmm. it owes its existence to Elvis Presley and the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. Everyone needs well, to. Even sort if you of don't like them, and... you have to acknowledge their importance. Yeah, you, you need to you need to pray down to the to the. the, the the altar of Gary Gygax every once in a while and thank him for, for what he created. Because he didn't just create D&D. He created this entire kind of hobby that we all love. Yeah. In a yeah. manner of speaking. Him and Dave Aronson. Let's, let's, yes. let's hear it. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's a, that's a great positive note to, to end this on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, you... It's about loving RPGs, and we all love RPGs. Yes. Yes. <laughs> about love. This is a tale of love and killing things and taking their stuff. Well, everyone, uh, thank you for checking us out. Um, uh, Big Blue Die, please uh, follow us and and uh, prepare to hear more advice, tales of, of woe and, and happiness uh, that we get from this hobby that we all enjoy so stay tuned take care everyone